Let's go into the Word of God. I want to share um, from the Word of God with you. And uh, even as I share God's Word with you, I pray that you would keep your hearts and minds open. I also pray that you'd keep your Bibles open and notebooks open and take down notes as you hear from God's Word. Last week, I shared about the fact that God never you know, forgets us, that we are never forgotten. And I believe maybe this would have, that would have reminded certain people about the love that God has for us and the care and concern that God has for us. You know, as we look at the pages of Scripture, as we read the Bible day in and day out, it, it reminds us about the concern that God has towards us. We have an earthly parent, you know, we have our father and mother. But beyond that, we have an heavenly parent also. We have our heavenly father who cares for us, who is concerned about our life, who protects us when we go out, who is, you know, who, who guides us in the relationships that we have with people. He's constantly guiding us and helping us to, to have the right relationships with people. But sometimes, you know, we kind of go off in our own way, make our own decisions and fail and then, you know, come back to him saying, sorry, Lord, take me back. And God definitely takes us back. You know, when we look at the nature and character of God, if there is one thing that I've personally learned, that is this, that our God is the one who always prepares us for what is coming ahead of time. See, we do not know what challenge we may face tomorrow. We do not know what may happen in our life tomorrow. But our God is the one who always prepares us. Preparation is in God's system. He's not the God who will take us and throw us into a situation all of a sudden and, and expect us to do something. No, he always prepares us ahead of time. So if, if, a, if, if a young adult, if, if a man in his 25, 26 you know, years of age, he's considering marriage and he's about to get married, that means God has prepared him to get married. Marriage doesn't happen all of a sudden overnight. If someone tries to do that, they'll definitely fail. But when God places a man in marriage, in a relationship, he prepares him ahead of time to handle that part of his life, to handle marriage. So a God is the one who always prepares us ahead of time. So, you know, in the thought of preparation, I want to share with you on the subject that our God is the one who prepares us for crisis. I just shared a little bit about preparing for marriage, you know, preparing for this and that. But I want to specifically talk about being prepared for crisis. You see, every human being living on the face of this earth will face crisis of some kind. And no one can ever say that I will never face any problems or I will never face any challenges. We all will face crisis, challenges of all kinds. And what God does in our life is that he always prepares us to handle those issues, those challenges that will come our way. He's always the God who is preparing us day in and day out. He's like a teacher who is giving us the lesson saying, you know, son, this is what you've got to do. This is how you have to handle. So when we look through the Bible, when we read the Bible, we're reminded of certain principles that prepare us for anything that will come our way. But the question we must ask ourselves is this, how prepared are we to handle crisis? How prepared are we? Are we really prepared to handle crisis in our life? Our prayer often will be, Lord, help me escape out of this crisis. Help me to jump out of this problem. Help me to just run away from this problem. 
let me tell you something our god is never the one who will make us run out of any problem he's not the one who will pull us out of a situation but rather he will make us walk through and sometimes walking through that situation will be the most painful thing that we could possibly do it'll be very painful but god allows us to go through that just so that we can learn more about him when i look at the life of job i'm always reminded that god saw job as a righteous man yet he subjected him to crisis yet he allowed it to happen allowed satan to torment him allowed satan to bring you know these boils on his body and at the end of it all what happened is through the crisis job learned more about god so our our prayers are you know in many ways wrong you know when we say that god help me escape out of this problem rather we should be praying saying god help me help me handle the crisis and as we pray that way what happens to us is that we will walk through dangerous situations and we will come out of crisis in a very victorious manner so a god is always the one who prepares us for every crisis every challenges that we face in our life let me let me give you some examples of how god prepares us if you look at the life of shadrach meshach and abednego we know these we know the story of these three men they were thrown in the fire why because they were loyal to the god of israel and and what what we see happening here is that they were thrown into the fire they they literally went into the fire our prayer sometimes might be lord pull me out of the fire it just 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 as the king is about to throw someone should come and pull me out of the fire but you see what god is doing here he's allowing them to go into the fire and notice the attitude of these three men shadrach meshach and abednego did they fear the bible doesn't say so were they afraid the bible doesn't say anything like that were they hesitant no they were were they trying to you know kind of make some bargain with the king saying okay we'll do this we'll worship you don't put in put us into the fire did they say that no but you see these three men they were full of faith see the very fact they were full of faith shows that god had strengthened their faith to face the fire that's what god will do in our life many times before we face a challenge we will have the season where god is strengthening our faith and once we face the challenge we will be able to walk through it easily because god has prepared us for it so in the case of shadrach ab meshach and abednego we see that god strengthened their faith so that they can handle the fire we see the life of daniel daniel was thrown into the lions den what did he do he went into the lions den and what did god do there god gave him the strength to face his challenge and once he went down he realized and he witnessed what god did he shut the mouth of lions see god did not keep daniel from being thrown into the den okay god did not do that but rather he allowed it to happen and daniel also went inside the lions den because god had strengthened him to handle that situation we see in the life of paul if you turn with me to acts chapter 20 verse 23 paul tells that in in i know i only know that in every city the holy spirit warns me that prisons and hardships are facing me or is god speaking to paul that in every city 
prisons and hardships are facing me so every time paul went to ministry he went expecting someone to beat him up he went expecting someone to you know do something to him that is how his life was i want you to observe that in every stage of life god will always prepare us for crisis i read psalm 144 verse 1 it says like this praise be to the lord my rock who trains my hands for war my fingers for battle this is david talking and he's saying you know i praise the lord because he trains my hands for war and fingers for battle you look at the life of david david was not a warrior he was not a born warrior he was not born to a king rather he was born to a normal jewish family and what we see is that david's life though he was a shepherd he was not a typical shepherd though he was a shepherd taking care of his father's flock he was not the typical shepherd because shepherds would not be involved in warfare they would have the skills of finding the lost sheep that is it they will have the skills of protecting their sheep that is it they will not have the skills of being a warrior or you know facing a battle but david says that he trains my hands for war and fingers for battle you look at david's life you know once he killed goliath everybody celebrated him but a little later saul started chasing him and this chase went on for months saul was chasing him from one cave to another one cave to another just to kill him but david survived david survived he faced every challenge and he survived you know why because god had prepared him for every challenge that came his way i want to remind you church this that in every situation in every challenge god will always prepare you god will always give you those lessons that is why it is it is so important to read the word of god that is why it is so important to meditate on the word of god because the more we do that the more we are prepared for crisis i can tell you this honestly you know people who fail to read the word of god in their day will lose a control over their emotions people who fail to spend time in the presence of god will not have a control over their mouths you know why see god knows who is going to irritate you god knows who is going to cause problem to you when you sit in his presence when you read his word he prepares you for the challenge that is coming ahead of you and by preparing he's keeping your emotions under control and so when you face the challenge you will be able to get over that situation very easily very easily god always prepares us for any challenge that is coming ahead of our life you know as i share this i'm also sharing this out of a personal experience where i always sensed god guiding me differently at different times there are sometimes i wondered god why are you guiding me this way why are you leading me down this path i go down that path i'm doing it but eventually when i face a certain challenge eventually when i face a certain crisis i look back and realize that god led me down that path because he knew what was coming ahead god led me down that path because he was preparing me for the challenge that is going to come my way i was talking to my dad a couple of months ago and he was sharing with me that you know before he had this episode of heart attack most of you are aware my dad had a health you know problem uh, i think in the year 2020 he faced and uh, had a heart attack and was admitted to hospital and all of us all of most of you are aware so 
you know, it came as a shock to us because my dad has always been very healthy, you know. No, no diabetes, no blood pressure, nothing, no health issues of anything. He's always been extremely active. I mean, he's extremely active. When I say that, it's not a, it's not an exaggeration, but literally that's how he is. He's very active in ministry. It was perfectly normal. But what happened is, a couple of months before he had this heart attack, he had a you know, he felt this need to take up, need to take up a medical insurance. He felt, you know, God guiding him to take a medical insurance. But somehow we kept putting it off. He somehow just ignored it, just ignored it. But eventually he faced this health crisis and, you know, heart problems cost you lakhs and we ended up spending lots and lots of money. And it, it did take a little big toll. And he was sharing with me that, you know, before everything happened, Three months before, I felt I need to do this. I need to take up a health insurance. I need to do this. I don't know why. My dad has never never had a health insurance, but uh, at the age of 55 plus, he felt like the need to take it, but he didn't. He just ignored it, but eventually realized that this was actually God guiding him, preparing him for the crisis. We need to be aware of the ways in which God is leading us because every way in which he leads us, he is preparing us for something. So as we read the Bible, read the word of God, we are reminded of the way we need to be prepared. I'm going to share more with you, but I want to put this in like two points and I'm going to share with you two ways in which God will prepare us to handle every crisis. Two ways in God in which God will prepare us for crisis. If you look at Joshua chapter 1 verse 6, God is preparing Joshua to be the leader of Israel. At this time right now, Moses has passed away, the leadership has come to Joshua. And if there is one thing that God tells Joshua over and over again, that is to be strong and be courageous. Because Joshua has a calling ahead of him. He has a task ahead of him. But God, you see, he's preparing him for that task. He's reminding Joshua, be strong and be courageous. Why? Because you will lead these people to inherit the land, I swore to give their ancestors so to their ancestors to give them. You see God again working in the life of Joshua to be strong and be courageous. We see in the, also the life of Jeremiah, God is speaking to Jeremiah. Now, if you know anything about Jeremiah, Jeremiah is a weeping prophet. He was one of the weak prophets in the Bible. In fact, when God asked him to you know, speak a word of prophecy and to come into this prophetic ministry, he, he said, God, I need someone who will speak on behalf of me. And God gave him an assistant who would speak on behalf of him. So God speaks to Jeremiah and he says in Jeremiah 1.17, Get yourself ready, stand up and say to them, whatever I command you, do not be terrified by them or I will terrify you before them. So you see, God is preparing this man for the ministry that he is about to do. You see, one of the first things that God will do in our life that is to prepare for crisis is this. What God will do in our life is that he will make us tough. He will prepare us to become tough. Now, what do I mean by tough? Now, usually when we think of toughness, we think of someone who has a lot of muscles. We may think of people who are very rigid. We will think of, we will think of people who are stubborn. Now, that's not the toughness that God is talking about here. The toughness that God is talking about here is the capability to endure hardships and even severe labor. Being tough means 
that you will be very hard to influence, that you cannot be easily influenced by people around us. And also being tough means that you are a person who is going to fight till the very end to reach the goal. So when, when God is speaking to Joshua saying, be strong and courageous. When God is speaking to Jeremiah saying, get yourself ready and speak whatever I command to you. What God is doing in these men's life is that he's preparing them for the calling. Preparing them for the challenge that will come their way. Preparing them for the crisis that they will also handle day in and day out. Sadly, you know, often we think we are very tough. But only when we face a crisis, it will show how much strength we actually have. You know, there's a verse in Proverbs 24 verse 10, and it says like this, if you falter in a time of trouble, how small is your strength? If you want to know how strong you are, check how you behave how you can handle yourself during crisis. If you're the one who will say, God, take me. If you're the one who will say, God, why this is happening to me? Just, just take my life, you know, I'm, I'm done with this. That means your strength is small. You know, in the same passage in the message translation has something different. It says like this, if you fall to pieces in a crisis, there wasn't much to you in the first place. We think that we are tough, but when we face crisis, we get to know what our actual strength is. You see, the way God works in our life is that he prepares us to be tough. You look at the life of Joshua. He was a great military commander. The conquest that Joshua did was something that's always spoken about. He was a great warrior. A mighty man for the, for the name of God. You know, he went out, won battles and was very faithful to the Lord. You look at the life of Jeremiah. He's one of the major prophets. It, you see his personality is a very weak man, but he goes on and on. Many times we think that a person who is strong, well-built, are actually very, you know, mentally strong people. But actually that's not true. And I know of some people who look really strong on the outside, who look big on the outside, who talk big things, but when they face crisis, they are the first to run. Also, I know people who are thin, puny, they don't look impressive, but when they face crisis, they will stand strong. Toughness is not about your physical strength, but about your preparedness to handle crisis. If you are you know, if God wants to make you tough, if God is preparing you to be tough, then you will be a person who is capable of enduring hardships, enduring stress and even severe labor. You will be a person who is very difficult to be influenced from the outside. And also you'll be a person who will fight till the very end. You know, when I talk about fighting till the very end, I'm reminded of Paul the Apostle. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, he says like this, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. This is a tough man. If you look at the life of Paul, historically, he wasn't impressive at all. And because he wasn't impressive, he faced challenges. In the church at Corinth, you know, people started favoring Apollos, who was a very skillful orator compared to Paul. Paul was not that impressive in stature or anything. He was a brilliant man, but he was not impressive looking in any way. But you look at the life of this man, he was so determined. Why? Because he was tough. 
You see, this is a wave in which God prepares you. God prepares you to fight till the very end. And so he says like this, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. You see, the life of Paul was such that he always makes it very clear that it is not I who lives, but Christ. The way God was working in his life made him so tough that he would face challenges of all kind. He would go into a city, he'll be stoned, he will fall to the ground, but after a while he'll get up and go and do another ministry in another place. I wonder how many of us will even face a challenge like that. This is a tough man and God will always prepare us to be tough, be tough. You know, when I talk about the city, when I think of the city, Mangalore, if there is one thing I've learned after coming to the city is to be tough. Is to, is to just, you know, make yourself very tough. You know, in other words, I would put it this way saying, have a buffalo skin. So that, so that nothing can penetrate through you, so that nothing can influence you. In my initial days of ministry here, I faced certain challenges and being a young pastor, I always learned, be tough. If you want to survive in this city, in Mangalore, be tough. I don't know where and what challenges you might be facing. Maybe the sermon is coming to you, probably because, probably because you were praying last night saying, God, I don't know how I'm going to face the challenges. And I believe to someone specifically, God is reminding that I've already prepared you. That I've already prepared you. Instead of complaining, instead of, instead of saying that I don't know what to do, look at the way in which God has prepared you. He's already prepared you to face the challenge. And if you could just hang on the word of God and believe that he has given you the strength and face every challenge, child of God, you will be victorious. You will be victorious. Now you may ask, Pastor, how do, I, how do I be tough? How do I be a tough person? How do I, you know, toughen myself? There is one thing that we, a couple of things that I want to share with you. Three areas. One is in your personal ethics, your relationships, and in your work areas. So you've got to be tough in your personal ethics, your relationships and also in the areas of your work. When I talk about personal ethics, this is what I want to say. Be sure of what you believe. It is sad to see that many Christians call themselves Christian, but during the time of crisis, you know, when they fail, that is when they start doubting their faith. If you start doubting your faith in the times of crisis, then that actually says something, that maybe your faith was already weak. And, and, and even when the situation came through in your life, you have, you're growing even more weak. But if you're a man whose faith is very strong, when you know what you are believe, believing in, when you're sure of what you believe, I tell you, you will be able to handle any situation that comes your way. So being sure of what you believe is a way to be tough. And also living according to scriptures is also another way in which you can be tough as a person. Believing in a way, uh, behaving and living according to scripture. Because you see, it is, it is so easy to listen to the word of God and say amen to everything you hear. But then, <laughs> you know, eventually when you go out, you want to be like the world because you want to fit in. But if you really want to live by the word of God, you will, you will just behave, just, you know, Stick to whatever the word of God says. So people will mock at you saying, hey, you're too 
religious you are you are like you know you're a very religious person you're missing out on a lot of fun people will say that to you but don't care don't worry about it rather be strong in your belief in your character that no one can influence you and shake you the other area we have to be strong and we have to be tough is in our relationships when it comes to relationships we have to pray for wisdom we have to be very smart with our relationships because relationships are one place where we will lose our temper my experience is this you know i've always been the kind of person who spoke his mind you know i would speak what is in my mind unfiltered that's the kind of person i was uh, i would never control my anger but when i'm angry i would i would do everything to express my anger but over the years i've learned to build some self control in my life because you see it takes a very long time to build a relationships but it uh, it takes a very long time to build a relationship but it takes just a few minutes to destroy one it takes a very long time to build one but just takes a few seconds to destroy one if there is one thing you can do when it comes when it comes to relationships that is be strong be tough so when when someone argues when someone mistreats you or does something bad to you you know what is the best way to respond you know what is the strong way to respond ignore and walk away ignoring and walking away is the sign of strength you know what is a sign of weakness arguing with people on the same level you have to be strong in a way where you preserve your relationship even though the other person is doing something against you do not behave the same way do not give you know do not take revenge you know revenge is a sign of weakness revenge if you take a revenge it shows how weak you are but a strong person will forgive and let go a strong person will be the one who will say you know what i know this person is doing it but i'm just going to let go that is what jesus teaches us he teaches us to forgive not just one time two times three times 10 times 20 times but forgive as much as you can that is what god is calling us to do he is calling us to be strong now listening to this you might say pastor i agree you know i i forgive people i i i, I you know i do all of that but there are people in my life there are people in my family who for some reason like to insult me who for some reason would like to pick a fight with me what do i do with such people i try to walk away i try to ignore but then you know it's like they keep coming back what do i do with them what do i do with them here's something i want to say to you here's something i want to say to you certain relationships there are certain relationships in life where when you are close to that person it is a blessing to you there are also certain relationships in life when you are far from that person it is a blessing to you i want you to listen carefully to what i'm saying certain relationships when you are close to them it's absolutely a blessing but certain relationships when you are far it is a blessing to you you may think oh pastor is putting this in a diplomatic way to you know stay away from people what what i'm saying is this see there are people who you can be in a relationship with 
people whom you know in your family or whoever who values you, who respects you. And with people who value you and respect you and, you know, treat you well, it's always easy to have a good relationship. But there are some people who always will carry a preconceived notion about you. That is, they'll think, oh, this man is always like this. Oh, he's like this. They'll, just, they'll have this misunderstanding about you. Now, no matter how many times you try to correct that misunderstanding, they will never change. And sometimes you will get tired of explaining yourself or, you know, showing your, your best attitude to them. You may get tired of it. What can you do? Can you fight? And I recommend never pick a fight, never start a fight, never start an argument. I, I've been the kind of person who would always argue. And if there's one thing that I've, that I've learned over the years is that argument is not going to do anything good to you. In fact, argument will destroy your peace, my peace. Rather, what can you do with such people? Love them, but keep them at a safe distance. Because, see, the more you go closer to them and they keep irritating you, eventually, you know what will happen? The worst will come out of you. But rather, keep them at a distance where you are not affected as a person. Love them, care for them, show your genuine affection to them, but keep them at a safe distance where you are not affected. You see, it's really important to protect your character. And, and, and relationships will either bring the best out of you or bring the worst out of you. And if you have people who bring the best out of you, be very close to them. If you have, the peop if you have people, the moment you see them, the worst comes out of you. Keep them at a safe distance because it's also important to protect your attitude and your character. So when it comes to the areas of our relationship, we have to be strong. We have to be tough. We have to be smart. We have to be wise. We should never be the one to argue quickly, but rather the one to hold back our anger, hold back our argument so that we can preserve the relationships that God has given us. Amen. Are you with me so far? with me so far you know I, I look at the life of David he had relationships in a very particular in a very beautiful way and I think this is like a pattern in the Old Testament see David had three groups of people he had his three mighty men plus he had another 30 men and plus he had his army so David as a king had three groups and if you see that there were these three men who are very close to David and there were 30 other men who were also very close to David. And also there was the, the Israelite army that would fight for him. And uh, for that army, he had a commander named Joab. Now, Joab was a very mighty, very powerful man. Uh, he was very good at what he did, but he was very problematic. And you see the way David handles him. He never brings him too close or never keeps him too far away. It's a very interesting uh, relationship that you see between David and Joab in the Old Testament. If you have some time, go through it and study it. But David always had three men who were very loyal, very close to him, who, whom he always uh, walked around with. He fought battles with them, along with them. Uh, but, but there were other people who were more powerful, very useful to him. But he still kept at a distance because they were very problematic to him. So in our relationships, there are some people who are good to be kept at a distance but still love them and care for them so that is how we can be strong and handle relationships well so when it comes to handling relationships that is one area that we have to be tough and uh, 
the next area is this in our workplace in our work we have to have strong work ethics and this is something that we read throughout the book of probs if you have ever read the book of probs the book of probs reminds us that you know don't be lazy be disciplined when it comes to work we should never look at what timing others are coming into work or when others are joining but rather if the time is given to us saying 9 o'clock be there for work be there for work if you are someone who is self employed running your own business set a time for yourself and be disciplined saying i'm going to be there open my shop at this time or open my office at this time i'm going to do this at this time i'm going to start my day and finish end my day at this time have a discipline for your work you see a life without discipline is actually a very weak life a life without discipline is like a house without walls without protection when anything comes it will be destroyed and even when it comes to work or you know relationships or anything um be careful in how you deal with people be careful in how you deal with people i was i was talking to someone recently and uh, i wanted something to you know something like a partnership or something with them and uh, they were like oh no why do we have to do this why do we have to have a paperwork rather let's just you know you are you and i are friends we'll just work together and i said no this is not how things are going to happen if i'm going to work with you if i'm going to do something i need to have something down in a piece of paper that says this is what we're doing and this is how we are doing it i've seen many get into problem just because they have no paperwork it's just simple things you know the bible talks about all these things very easily and and these are things that actually prepares us for crisis when we have things in hand when we are working in a very systematic organized and a disciplined way i tell you we can handle every challenge that comes our way god's word teaches us that to always be careful of how we deal with people because when we are careful when we are disciplined and we are wise with our relationships and we know how to handle our faith in times of crisis that actually shows that we are tough we are strong so the second one i want to share with you is this i'm looking at the time i just have about 18 minutes but i want to share uh, the rest of the sermon the second one is this the good thing about uh, having your notes on a on a device is that everything is there but sometimes it's hard to find you know you don't know where things move so the second one is this save resources for the tough times the bible teaches us something about this if you turn with me to proverbs chapter 6 verse 8 proverbs 6 verse 6 to 8 it says like this go to the ant you sluggard consider its ways and be wise it has no commander no overseer or ruler yet it sto- yet it stores its provision in summer and gathers its food at harvest the ant is a, a creature that it's very fascinating you know i remember growing up i used to my pastime was to kill all the ants when i see a trail of ants <laughs> i'd make sure i i stamp them or do something and destroy them the bible teaches us to observe the ant because it stores its provision in the summer see there comes a time for the ant where it cannot go and gather its food so it prepares ahead of time so the bible is calling us to look at the ant and learn that is to look at the ant and see that it saves its resources 
for the tough times it keeps its resources for the time when it cannot do any work let me let me put it this way there will be times in your life when you can earn really well times in your life when you can make a lot of money but there will also come a time when you cannot there will come a time where you'll earn a lot of profit in your business and also will come a time when you'll face a lot of loss here's what the bible says be prepared for both times be prepared for times of crisis be prepared for times of scarcity you see sometimes we do the opposite you know when god blesses us as with something we immediately go splurge and say oh i've been that kind of a person i'm learning my lessons so that is why we're sharing that you know i'm sharing this out of an experience when god blesses us as with something we just do the opposite we 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 do this you know we buy this we buy that we buy things that we don't need we just splurge on anything come down to zero and then wait for the next month thinking that okay when the next salary comes i will do this the bible is calling us to be wise with our resources because there will come a time when we cannot do the same kind of work there will come a time when our work our businesses or something may fail and we have to always save our resources because if we do not store wisely you look at the ant if it does not store its food during summer if it does not store its food during the harvest time eventually when the season comes where it cannot work and when it cannot get food it will starve and die if we use up all the resources that we have in just one go that will be our condition so saving our resources for the tough time what does it mean how do i let me put this in a practical sense for you i don't know what you may think about an insurance um if you if you came and told me this that you know pastor it's good to have an insurance three four years ago i would laugh at you and say god is my insurance and sometimes i would i would even say that taking up an insurance shows a lack of faith it's like you know th- there are some people who will teach that by taking up an insurance like a health insurance you are allowing sickness to come into your life but canceling it and just depending on the lord is an act of faith there is this teaching where people say that you know what people who believe in god people who put their trust in god or people who have enough faith strong faith can never fall sick i'm going somewhere i want you to come with me you see there are times in our life where we will be very healthy very strong but there will be times in our life where we will grow weak and when we are strong when we have the strength in our body we have to prepare for the time that is coming ahead of us i've been brought up in a pentecostal tradition you know i've been there i've i've seen pastors who spoke on healing on never falling sick never going into debt eventually they fall into all that you see that's how life is you can never say that i will never fall sick you can never say that i am so strong that no virus can touch me see when we go out we wear a mask why just to keep ourselves protected and if if it's like a closed group it's a different thing but you know generally we wear a mask why just to keep ourselves protected 
does wearing a mask mean that you lack faith? No. What it rather means is just, just that you're being cautious. Because the Bible never teaches us saying that you will never fall sick. And people who often teach that, saying that, oh, as a child of God, you can never fall sick. If you have enough faith, if you put your trust in the Lord, you can never fall sick. All the teaching is not in the Bible. But here, here's the biblical perspective. And I want you to come along with me because I'm going to share something with you I feel is really important for the time in which we are living. When God created this earth, he created the earth as a place that was perfect. No sickness, no pain, no toil. In fact, he created this place so beautiful that the earth would give its produce. It is the earth was a place where it was beyond words could express. But Adam and Eve chose to sin against God. Now, that sin brought death into this world. So, the Bible says that, you know, through the first Adam, death came into this world. But through Jesus, there was a life. So, in short, what happened is when Adam sinned and he fell short, what happened is sickness came into the earth. Pain came into the earth. And death also came into this perfect world. But what happens is thousands of years later, Jesus comes. So he's our savior. He's our deliverer. Jesus is also called as a second Adam. What Jesus is doing is that he's reversing the curse that Adam brought on this earth. So the first Adam brought death. But second Adam, Jesus, he brings life. The first Adam brought in sin. But Jesus brings in atonement where he pays the price for our sin. So, so here's something that you must know about the work of Jesus on the cross. We are approaching Good Friday and Easter. Very soon we will have our Easter service. And here's something that we must be very aware of what Jesus did on the cross. There are things that Jesus did on the cross that is complete, that is a finished work. And there are things that Jesus did that is yet to be completed. Yet, yet to be completed. Let me say that one more time because I want you to understand this clearly. When Jesus died on the cross, when he paid the price, there are certain things that are complete and there are certain things that are yet to be completed, that is still in the process. In other words, what we can say is this. There were some things that was lost earlier because of Adam's sin, but now after the work of Jesus, it is restored. There were some things that were lost but it is still yet to be restored. So you may ask, oh, so pastor, what is restored then? What is the work that is complete? That is forgiveness of sin. Adam and Eve had a relationship with God before the fall. They had, the Bible says that God would walk in the cool of the day in the garden. So they had a very close relationship with God but because sin came into the world there was a separation between God and man there was a separation but what happens is when Jesus comes he bridges the gap he pays the price for our sin and so we are no longer under judgment under condemnation but now we can live in confidence every day that we have a relationship with God that we can go to the father through Jesus and we can enjoy that relationship with God so what is restored is relationship with God. And as part of that, the power of sin is broken. Sin no longer has mastery over us. The book of Romans talks about that. So those things are complete. But there are certain things 
that are yet to be complete, that is still in the process. It's yet to be completed. You may wonder, what is that? Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 26. 1 Corinthians 15, 26. It says like this, the last enemy to be destroyed is death. Now the context of 1 Corinthians 15 is that it's talking about the resurrection and the second coming of Jesus. And here's what Paul writes. He's saying, the last enemy to be destroyed is death. Is death. So talking about resurrection, Paul says that the last enemy to be destroyed is death. See, when we talk about resurrection, when we talk about the second coming of Jesus, we're talking about an event that will change our life forever. So it's not just raising from death to life, but it's going from mortality to immortality. Okay, We're going from a, a state of life where we, can, we are dying to a state of life where we can never die. Which means that when the resurrection happens, we will have perfect bodies. We will have bodies that cannot fall sick. We will have bodies that no virus can affect. And all this is yet to come. The Bible says the last enemy to be destroyed is death. When, that means in the future when Jesus comes, sickness will be removed forever. Now, some will say that it has already happened when Jesus died on the cross for you. Your sicknesses are all gone. You cannot fall sick. Uh, and, and they'll say, even if you fall sick with cancer, maybe it is because of your weak faith. No, nothing like that. It's all a lie. If you've ever been taught that, I want you to know it's a lie. There will come a time in the future where we, where we can never fall sick. And that will happen when the last enemy that is to be destroyed is death. When death is destroyed, that is when we will have perfect body. So, see, as long as we live now on this earth, our body is subject to illness. Because death is not yet destroyed. Our body is subject to pain. Our body is subject to suffering. And that is why, let me put this in a practical way. Now, nowadays when you talk about being practical, it seems like, oh, he pastor doesn't have faith. Let me put this in a practical way. In other words, to combat sickness, you need to have resources. You need to have something like an insurance or something to help you handle the challenges that will come your way. So having resources like that is actually a very wise thing to do. But, but it's often preached saying that it is a lack of faith that people have these things. Oh, it's a lack of faith that this man has in health insurance. Because, you see, there's a lot of wrong teaching that is floating around in our world today that is actually making people fall into a miserable state of life. Like I've said, I've, I've seen pastors who have preached boldly saying, I can never fall sick, but who have passed away very sick. As we look at the Word of God, as we look at our Christian faith, we must realize it is very practical. You know, Christian theology is very practical. I remember talking to one of my mentors and he, and he said something that really opened my mind. He said, Joshua, Christianity is very practical. Sometimes we, we complicate things, you know. We try to add this and that and try to complicate it, but it's very practical. Everything that the Bible teaches us is good for this life. It's reminding us of the way in which we need to face our challenge. It's reminding us of the way in which we need to live. But oftentimes what we do is 
we try to be very super spiritual you know super spiritual super spirituality is going to destroy you i want to let you know this it's not going to lead you through crisis as a matter of fact i know people who have been so strong in their faith but when they faced a challenge they really lost their faith you know why you know why because they were never really strong in the first place they were just super spiritual people super spirituality will destroy you but real spirituality is very practical in which that god prepares you for crisis prepares you for the challenge we live in a broken world we are not in heaven yet let us live according to that the bible says that the last enemy to be destroyed is death there are certain parts of the atonement work of christ certain parts that god did that is yet to be completed there is a time period for that though see though the power of sin is destroyed the tempter satan is not yet destroyed yet but there will come a time when satan will be imprisoned he'll be destroyed forever all that is going to happen it is a event that is to come in the future so as long as we live in this world we need to live every day preparing for the challenges that will come our way and here's something that you must understand it's here's something you must understand god is always preparing us as we read his word god is always preparing us but you know what the problem is we don't like to be we don't like to take such things we don't like to hear saying that oh you may fall sick it's like we don't we don't like to hear such teaching we don't like to believe that sicknesses will come into our life there was a preacher who when covid started who preached against it and you know said i'm not doing do all this i'm not going to take vaccines and stuff etc but sadly he he passed away due to the same virus what do you make of all that what do you make of all that is god calling us to live a impractical life no someone came to me and said you know we've got to live in the supernatural what do you mean by the supernatural by, by supernatural do you mean you can penetrate through walls by supernatural doesn't mean that you can jump off from the 10th floor and nothing happens to you what do you mean by supernatural people are taught bogus things that are not in the word of god people are taught bogus things you know i'm 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 in a sort of like an isolation right now because of the covid thing some might say oh pastor is too scared <laughs> it is not a faith it's not that i don't have faith and i don't have to prove my faith to everybody saying that oh i'm just it's is my faith is not a show off god knows what my faith is i know what the bible actually teaches i spent time studying the word it's very clear in the word of god that you live in a broken world so sicknesses will come i remember when the first wave of covid hit nothing happened the second time it hit my wife and i we felt sick and i remember in the same room i was literally struggling to sleep it was very bad it was really bad beyond words can express eventually my wife fell sick but she seemed already all right and stuff but after a month or two there's a post effect of covid you know after you get covid you have some so many other uh, things that will come 
my, my hair started falling. I would literally sit on this table and work and there'll be hair all over this table. And my wife started to cough, you know, just coughing in the night. There were, there were nights that you, she used to just cough. And I would always place my hands over her and say, God, healer, healer. We would pray for healing. And also, whatever medicines were there, whatever we would do, we would take that. We prayed, we prayed persistently. It took a couple of months. But today, she coughs very little, very little. Here and there, time to time, but very less compared to what it was before. Sometimes we think that, oh, with our faith, the moment we lay our hands, it has to be healed because Jesus did that. When he laid his hands, people were healed. And to someone who says that, I ask, do you really understand the Gospels? Why are we taking a story that is about the Son of God, who is God in the flesh? If Jesus says something, it will happen in an instant. But we say something, it's not going to happen in an instant. People are so disappointed when they are prayed over and they don't get in healing. Someone say that, oh pastor, you're praying for cancer every day, but if the cancer is not going away. Is your prayer even powerful? I want to ask you, do you know what the Bible says? We are not in charge of healing. God is in charge of healing. Our job is to pray, seek the Lord persistently. That's all the Bible teaches us. It's not asking us to, you know, demand something and expect it to happen. Our job is to pray persistently. And God willing, He grants the healing. We need to understand that you know, we live in a time, we live in a world where we have to live our faith in a practical manner, not in a superficial manner. I really feel sorry for people who take their faith in a very superficial manner and try to be super spiritual saying that nothing will attack me. The Bible reminds us and also as we read through the Bible, we see throughout God always preparing us for anything that comes our way. And here's what we must do. We must always be open to the work of the Holy Spirit in our life and allow Him to work. Just imagine what if Joshua didn't really take the command of be strong and be courageous. What if Jeremiah ignored the word of the Lord saying, asking him to be strong. What if all these men just ignored and lived life their own way did as they pleased. I tell you, none of them would have been successful in the task that God gave them. You see the life of Paul, he fought till the very end. Why? Because he was made strong by the Lord. He was prepared for that. He was prepared for that. God is preparing you, church, but are you taking it? Are you applying those things to your life. When you read the word of God, these things become very clear to you. But are you, are you applying it as the question? I wonder how is your life today? Don't live a super superficial, super spiritual life, but live a very practical Christian life. Because that is a life that pleases the Lord. And it's based on the Bible. Can we look unto the Lord in prayer? Father, we want to thank you because you're the God who prepares us for anything that comes our way. We see in the Bible that you not just prepared David to be a shepherd, but also prepared him to be a warrior. 
He was not a typical shepherd, but a man who was prepared for every challenge that will come in his life. He was prepared for the call. He was prepared for the crisis. He was prepared for every moment. And we look at his life for God. He was a blessed man. We look at the life of Daniel. We look at the life of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We look at the heroes of faith. They, 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 they did the impossible because they were prepared by you. They were able to handle the crisis. Help us, O oh Lord, to handle the crisis that will come our way. Help us to be strong in our personal ethics, in our beliefs. Help us to be strong in our relationships. Give us the wisdom to handle our relationships. Help us to be disciplined when it comes to our work. And help us to save our resources for the tough times. Help us to be very practical in our faith. And help us to live by your word day after day. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for who, what you're doing in our life. Thank you for speaking about these things through your word to us. Thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. amen.